Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 19 of Robots on Typewriters. Man, I don't know whose turn it is to talk about what the podcast is. I can't remember. Well, I think I it's know, yours. because it's mine. Cool. <laughs> you do evens, I do odds. That's All right. the way this goes. I'm the odd one. She's the, the even, even one. one. And now we're co-hosts. <laughs> Coming to CBS this fall. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is Robots on Typewriters, where we highlight some of the internet's best computer-generated and computer-assisted comedy made through all sorts of things like recurrent neural nets and, you know, procedurally generated stuff, randomizers, algorithms, computers. And then we make some of our own in a game. That first segment of ours where we just show it off that isn't a game, that is the zesty hat. And yeah. this week I will be donning the hat. This is a hat I've I've been wearing for quite a long time. The hat hangs heavy on he who wears the crown or something. I've been looking for that hat. Yeah. You've, you've had it on this whole time. It's like that uh, Dr. Seuss book with the guy with 500 hats. Uh, Bartleby Scrivener or something or uh-huh. other. I don't even know what you're talking about, honestly. There's a, there's a, there's a, like, it's a B-side Dr. Seuss. It's like the 500 (laughs) hats of, like, Bartholomew Strange or something. Um, okay. I hope I didn't just make that up. 500 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. Cubbins. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so like him, I wear many hats at the same time, and this is one that's just, you know, near the bottom of the stack. It was kind of hard to remove just this one and leave the rest on. Yeah. This hat is Headline Smasher. Headline Smasher has been around the internet for quite a long time. I think I was aware of this before I was even like a frequent Reddit user. So this kind of, rather than this reminding me of Subreddit Simulator, Subreddit Simulator reminded me of this. Um, Headline Smasher creates fake headlines by pulling from a bunch of news sources, recombining words in a... uh, Markov chain kind of random combination thing Mm. and makes new headlines. So on Headline Smasher, you can make your own new headlines by hitting smash. And if you hit smash, it says it has a very nice loading screen where it says, please hold computers are creating comedy. That is highly on brand. (laughs) And then it'll just make it'll take a bunch of new news headlines and different websites. It'll have like you know, Mashable or like uh, Upworthy, like not necessarily all news sites. It'll even throw in like nine gag now and then and it'll make you some really crazy stuff. And then you can post good ones you make and people can vote on them. So I'm going to read some of the top headline smasher headlines of this month. Please. Eyeliner on spiders. It's for real this time. (laughs) Unlike all those other times. We thought they and were then playing. And the best part of this, too, if you hover over the sources, it tells you the original headline. Oh, so the originals awesome. there were eyeliner on spiders. It's for science. And HBO is moving toward a Deadwood movie. It's for real this time. <laughs> okay. Wait, so eyeliner on, eyeliner on spiders is just real? Eyeliner on spiders. It's for science is from that NPR. Like a band? <laughs> that, that does sound like a band now that you say it. Another one here. Girl gets clever and calculated revenge on the Beach Boys. Oh, no. What did she do? What did they do? Uh, have you heard of ba 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 Bran? Oh, she's back. And she's pissed. <laughs> yeah, 
this is her re-recording ba 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 beach boys she's ba 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 back uh primary challenger to trump it could be a cute koala i hope it is could be could be you never sticking know. on the topic of trump trump returns to terrorize me <laughs> oh no uh, Ludacris picks up mysterious signal from space. <laughs> He's always looking, always watching. Those were some of the top of the month, and I'll read some of the top of all time. Uh, they're probably old because I think this site had its heyday a few years ago, but okay. they're going to be really good. Oh, top all time. <laughs> Hillary Clinton has been quietly building a gaming PC. I really like that, that she doesn't want people to know that now that she's just, like, retired from public life, she's just trying to game. I take it as, like, like, ooh, just you guys wait till she gets on the scene. She's going to kick all your asses, but she doesn't want you to know when she's coming. <laughs> I'll read some of the other top all times. Science has found the problem. Everything. <laughs> Fair. Nintendo kills the Wii U. At least 35 killed, 40 injured. Oh, no. <laughs> it tried to get rid of all of them, but it only could get to, like, 70. Oh, this is a really good back-to-back. -back. I feel like these were published, like, on the same topic, like, day after day. Microsoft announces tons of issues. <laughs> followed by Microsoft tries to stop crying. Aww. We always think of Microsoft as like a big, you know, technology giant, but even even Microsoft cries sometimes. Yeah, even corporations cry sometimes. <laughs> uh, Bitcoins can now legally marry. Oh, it's about time. Why, why I stopped eating for two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> and Nintendo steps into porn biz. They, mm, I want to say they would, but like, honestly, I don't really know anything about Nintendo. Oh, one last one. This was pretty good. Boy, boy, seven died at age 74. <laughs> he made it. It's good. <laughs> wow. This is a combination of two Jezebel headlines from different weeks. Fuck this fucking week. <laughs> You okay, Jezebel? <laughs> I can't stop reading these. I'm sorry, but this no, is just the original. Uh, from BuzzFeed and Jezebel, look at my fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one because it's the bottom of the page and I refuse to go another page in or else I'll <laughs> never stop. NASA found a giant nerd. That's really, really good. <laughs> It's just like one guy in NASA just like writing shit about his coworker. It's like NASA today <laughs> found a huge nerd and his name's Danny and he sits right next to me. <laughs> he runs the NASA Twitter account, this guy, the, the guy writing it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Japanese biologist wins Nobel Prize as he is literally the strongest wizard. Okay, I'm done. Oh, wow. Okay, that was that is really good. Yeah, so you can check them out at headlinesmasher.com where you can go to at headlinesmasher on Twitter where they I think they repost or every 4 hours it looks like it posts whatever the the hottest 
headline is at the time? I just, I, I made the mistake of going and clicking the random button. <laughs> and I don't want to keep going too much, but I just got Tiger Woods is finally deploying giant lasers. <laughs> <laughs> They've been saying for years he could probably get back to the top of the golf game if he just deploys his <laughs> giant lasers already. Okay, that was a that was a very very zesty hat, and I will definitely be playing around with this later. Uh, very good, very good tool. <laughs> I just hit the random button once, and it just said you could end up dying. So oh no, <laughs> it's not wrong. I could the the uh, immortality ritual <laughs> might not work, is what that means. <laughs> um, it's just trying to like you know get me ready for that eventuality. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, thank you very much for that extremely zesty hat. It was extremely zesty. Very, very good. Um, and that brings us to our next segment, which is not a reheated zesty hat, but a reheated trashy toy, which is actually really gross. Please don't reheat trash. Ew. Yeah, don't don't um, microwave your toys. Yeah, it's a recycled trashy toy. That's, yeah. there, there we go. Um, and the reason being is my entire week, my entire life right now is all um, leading up to a big Harry Potter festival in the in the nearby town of Stanton, Virginia that's happening this coming weekend that um, that I am participating in for my job. Um, I've been spending my time writing a bunch of Harry Potter trivia and otherwise kind of creating uh, Harry Potter-themed scavenger hunts for festival goers. If you're inexplicably listening to this and in the Stanton, Virginia area, go check it out this weekend. Yeah, or the any Virginia area. People come from all over the place, and it is phenomenal. Um, yeah, so uh, that is, in fact, just a... It's the Queen City Mischief and Magic uh, Festival, and it is happening September 28th through the 30th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. So if you're listening to this after the fact... Mm, Wait till next year. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I on, on I think it was episode five, I um, asked Justin some, some very difficult Harry Potter trivia questions that I wrote by uh, combining Botnik's pre-existing Harry Potter narration keyboard with a uh, corpus of our own that we have used several times, our Jeopardy question keyboard. Corpus of our own is my favorite place for fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> CO3. Um, so, so yeah, because I have been uh, spending nothing, spending all of my time doing nothing but actually doing Harry Potter stuff for work, I figured that I might as well do that for the podcast as well, because if no one else has fun, we do. <laughs> we have a whole... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if no one else has fun, we don't have fun. <laughs> no. I was like, that's kind of a sweet sentiment. Nope. Nobody else enjoys it. No, we it. always have we fun will. under all circumstances. <laughs> exactly. Um so I what I've done here is I um I've written ten regular trivia questions. Some of them are phrased in the kind of Jeopardy format, some of them are not. And then I've written uh ten quotes with they with the um with Botnik's Harry Potter dialogue keyboard. I have sent you the the keyboard that I used so that you can use that to come up with the answers to these questions as well for the for the trivia questions. So let's get right into them. First question Harry could not help his capitalist tendencies when he entered this cabin. 
<laughs> really good. Is it Pumper Kingdom? Pumper Kingdom is <laughs> wow, really good. That is the cabin uh, that <laughs> that just tempted all of Harry's uh, capitalist tendencies. Um, when was that? That was uh, that was in. That I think it was kind of- right after the Quidditch World Cup because he had all that oh. money, right? You're right. You're right. Wait, why did he have a bunch of money after the Quidditch World Cup? Did he win money? <laughs> no, wait, that was Ron and uh, that was Fred and George. <laughs> right, I was like, did Harry like enter a big betting pool? I don't did remember. Harry get money for winning the uh, Triwizard Tournament? Pr- I mean, like, because didn't he pay Fred and George's like gambling debts or something, <laughs> or like he financed uh, Fungo's joke shop or whatever? It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm a very old man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> good job. Pumper Kingdom, that cabin, that uh, luxurious cabin at the at the Quidditch World Cup, um, that Halloween-themed cabin that um, was just filled with premiums and things to buy that Harry just couldn't resist. Um, Wait, when you... So to you, Pumper Kingdom is like a cute name for a pumpkin shop? <laughs> yeah. What is it to okay. you? I don't know. The pumper to me only made me think of pumpernickel bread, but I like that pumpkins are pumpers. <laughs> I just like pumper king, like that whole like string of syllables. Like, what else am I gonna think? Um, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> All right, number two. History of steam and staircase was a hidden <laughs> was a hidden track on this 1994 magical album. Wow. This sounds like a real album, but not by a W rock band. <laughs> Is it Castle of the Shepherd? Yes, you're right. It's another one of those uh, Christian uh, wizarding rock bands that we uh, that we talked about last time. I can't. I think it was God's <laughs> Dormitory was, was the yeah. thing for last time. Do we have a name for them because I don't think WC Rock is very good. Maybe C w wizard christian rock but that would be like water closet rock i mean i guess that's what people who hate it call it true that's what i call it anyway am i right uh classic wc music (laughs) classic water closet music (laughs) all right you ready for the next one of course all right Everybody talks about Snape's green lawns, but who launched Moonwalk Solar System Garden in 1999? Oh, well, I already had the answer. I, When I hit random, I had an answer. Well, I didn't hit random. I remember all of these. When Obviously. I got this word, though, I was like, oh, I just got to touch that one right now because that's going to be in one of my answers. And that answer is Reagan. You are right. Uh, Reagan... Uh, he was alive in 1999, right? Yeah, he died in like our youth. Um, in a in a 1999 visit to uh, to Scotland, he found himself on the Hogwarts grounds and decreed that they uh, that they uh, create the the most beautiful solar system garden that they ever did see, and and called it the Moonwalk Solar System Garden because he was a big fan of Michael Jackson. I don't know if people know that about Reagan either. Uh, yeah, I certainly didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, you got it right. I think, anyway. you know, by the 90s, he kind of softened up and was like, you know what? I denied it for so long, but he really is the king of pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Child Wallace disappeared through the veil at the hands of which Republican Death Eater? 
Oh my god, why did I waste Reagan? <laughs> I'm so mad. Oh no, I like didn't even think I like totally forgot. Well, how about would you that. have known? Well, when you said Reagan, I would have maybe said, wait, hang on to that one. <laughs> Was that Republican Death Eater Jesse James Brown? You are right. It was Jesse James Brown, who was, of course, the uh, son of Jesse James and James Brown. Yeah, exactly. The timeline works perfectly. Yeah. Who is Jesse James again? He was like an outlaw back in like... Not a pirate. (laughs) Not at all a pirate. That's not what I meant. I meant a a country pirate, a western pirate. (laughs) Yeah, he was a West, a country pirate. Yeah, um, yeah, he was the yeah the the timeline defying son of Jesse James and James Brown when uh when Jesse James stepped into that magical time. Well, well, I think it was actually when uh some kind of this is why time turners are strictly uh, regulated in the ministry because it used to be a free for all um back in the back in the days of <laughs> James Brown and um. Time Turner fell into fell into his hands, and he didn't know what he was doing, and ended up uh, ended up meeting Jesse James. One thing led to another, and now they got a kid. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, those Republican Death Eaters, and then they stay together. Like you know, you can't yeah. have a kid without two parents in the house. Yeah, and and because of the because of the the conservative upbringing, it led that kid to just follow right in their in their conservative Death Eater footsteps. And, you know, sometimes a family is a Western pirate and a godfather of soul. Yeah. Yeah. The traditional family. Yeah. All right. Next one. In this event, a flying mollusk slammed the city of Birmingham and Ron looked smug. Hmm. There were a lot of moments when Ron looked smug throughout the series. And there were a lot of moments when flying mollusks slammed uh, slammed blammed the Clammed. city <laughs> the city of of Birmingham but what, there was one particular event when when both things both very common occurrences coincided ooh was this the california freedom shaking it absolutely was the california freedom shaking uh, do you, do you recall what exactly why that went down the way it went down well it started in california so it became known as that but it happened you know throughout the world including of course birmingham where it was you know the governor of california uh immortalized in that uh california uber alice governor jerry brown banned (laughs) dancing so everyone in california then everyone in the world decided to start doing the freedom shake which was just Kind of a rudimentary dance move to prove like, you know what? You can't tell us what to do. You can't tell us not to dance. I'm going to put on my dancing shoes and cut yeah. loose. And yeah. And so this is, it's not this way in our real world, but within the fiction of Harry Potter, that's actually what Footloose is based off of in Yeah. I mean, JKR could not get like the copyright for the no. Footloose story. So she kind of reinvented it. Yeah, exactly. It's in, in, in the Harry Potter universe, it's called like shoe free or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. It's wild. She really took some liberties sometimes. All right. Number six, Bill Weasley was called out for play for playing Craig in this theatrical blood sacrifice. Hmm. Theatrical blood sacrifices. Yeah. There's I'm a lot having of them. a tough time remembering one. 
Yeah, well, um, I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give him away. <laughs> I almost, almost just told you all of the blood sacrifices right there, but. Yeah, I don't want any hints. I think I can, well, that's a good hint, actually, just that there's more than one. Yeah, So it's, yeah. it's something, oh, yeah, they would do one every year. But right. normally, you know, Harry would be busy with class or, right. you know, fighting the Dark Lord or whatever. Yeah, and this one was only kind of talked about because it was the one that Bill was in. So it was during his time in Hogwarts, which was long before Harry, uh, Harry and Ron were there. So, I mean, it wasn't that long. It's not that old, I don't think. Was this one... It had a weird name. I think this was the Prince Blank Dribbling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It was the Prince Blank Dribbling. And I think what happened there was like, because the, the, the theatrical blood sacrifices were the kind of like, you know, student written shows that would go on at Hogwarts. And I think right. um, it would kind of coincide with the uh, death day party the ghosts would celebrate. Right, right. And whoever, um, whoever wrote that one that year thought that they would come up with something better instead of blank. And then it just kind of got like written on the sheet. And, you know, who they well, got it was written that year printed. was written by Snape anyway. So it was like Prince colon blank <laughs> dribbling. <laughs> Yeah, he he like he thought he was going to come up with something better and it was honestly kind of rude of him to begin with to to write the uh the usually student written play but uh you know Snape's going to Well no, Snape. it was when Arthur was in school, so Snape was no, also Bill. in school question mark. Bill. Oh. <laughs> yep. Nope, Snape just took over production that year and was still using the Half-Blood Prince name. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, they should have, like, Harry should have caught on sooner, but I guess he was never paying attention to theater. He's a fucking (laughs) jock. Harry was not one to go to the the theater. (laughs) No, (laughs) stupid jock. Um, He really was, though. He really was. Thanks for going to my TED Talk. (laughs) All right. Elvis Egg David Mosley was the political voice of what modern Dracula business? Oh, man. <laughs> That's got a lot going on in it. Modern Dracula business in the city? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, modern Dracula businesses. So I'm guessing this has to be like in the movies when there's all like the dumb weird ads like that no one <laughs> yeah. actually ever saw, but then you can yeah. see them in like random like uh, Easter egg kind of things and it's yeah. all over the wiki. Yeah, random like wiki articles. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's kind of rich of you to ask me about a random Wikia article about a modern Dracula business. I know. It's kind of one of those things that only you and I would know from doing Sturgis Podmore. But hey, we're having fun I feel like I kind of remember it from Sturgis Podmore. Well, I remember exactly one modern Dracula business. So I'm hoping it's the one that, uh, you know, Elvis Eggs David Bowie or whatever was (laughs) part of. Uh, was it the Saturday Evening Giants? It was the Saturday Evening Giants. It, they were a um, a comedy a comedy troupe in in Diagon Alley, and there there was like a um, yeah there was like a poster for one of their upcoming shows uh, featuring Elvis Egg David Mosley. They yeah it was a kind of like honestly a really half-assed reference to Saturday Night Live. If Live I'm being from London, it's Saturday evening. <laughs> what was it saturday evening what giants saturday evening giant really good they might be saturday evening giants <laughs> exactly 
next one. Harry fashioned this octopus. No, no, no. It's not this. You're not guessing the octopus. Unless you want it to be a two-parter, you can name the octopus too. Harry fashioned the octopus he returned to Ron from this unpleasant little demon. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My first thought when you said unpleasant little demon creature popped into my head. But he, of course, <laughs> is not technically a demon. True. He's just a house elf. Yeah, there's a lot of canonical demons in the Harry Potter universe. Straight from the mouth of hell. Very biblical. <laughs> yeah, they they did definitely get into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, heaven and hell. Yeah, uh, angels and demons. Dan Brown and James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Saw Dan Brown walking in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> walking in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking around. <laughs> Couldn't sit still. <laughs> they were telling him, you have to either buy something or get out. <laughs> But his hair was perfect. <laughs> um, I think so. As I as I recall, the demons were like a very like a uh, hierarchical, almost like mi- monarchical society. So everyone mm-hmm. had like a title of nobility. Yeah, yeah. I think this was Czar Wolfgang Steeman. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was Czar Wolfgang Steeman. <laughs> Uh yeah, I what do you even say about Czar Wolfgang Steeman? He was <laughs> I mean, you say he was cool, he was red hot. I mean, he was Steeman. <laughs> I think every single joke I've made today has just been song references. <laughs> I keep wanting like what almost came out of my mouth was Czar Wolfgang Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> well, cuz I always sing Boys Are Back in Town as when I say she was cool, she was red hot. I mean, she was Steven. It's always tickled me for like o- over a decade. I've thought that's like the funniest thing I've ever said. It's really funny. I feel like I don't, I've, I've actually never heard that though. Maybe we've never. You listened and I to... don't listen to Boys Are Back in Town a lot. Yeah, well, actually, that I guess we just didn't let it get to that part where when that time when Alexa was like only saying that, like was randomly. Yeah, there was shouting. too much else to laugh at other <laughs> yeah. than that stupid joke. <laughs> All right. This so this next question. This one's this one's a little uh, strangely. Oh wait, jeopard- can I name oh. the octopus? Oh, please name the octopus for bonus credit because I just hit random and I saw the word octopus. Absolutely. What's the octopus's name? Uh, I think the octopus's name was just Octopus Craig. It was Octopus Craig. Nice. Oh yeah, it was Octopus Craig, and that was actually the basis for the character that Bill Weasley played in a. Uh, in the theatrical blood sacrifice, because he played. <laughs> it's cool that Snape wrote that in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Snape, Snape. You know, he he didn't show a lot of feeling, but he did always show an, an affection for that for that octopus. Um, kind of a he. It was almost kind of like his familiar. Yeah, he. After all these years, always loved that octopus. <laughs> um. All right, this this next question's a little like it's it's kind of strangely stylized. Lads, this sport, <laughs> sport It's just me here. You don't have to address multiple people. <laughs> Lads, this sport has been a source of cruelty to wands since Scotland fell. To wan? To to wan wan. Uh, to to wands. Oh. Uh, well, I it, it's the MLB. Wait, oh, that's your answer? 
That's my answer. I randomized MLB. I thought that was like a joke I didn't get about baseball. I was like, no, (laughs) it's the MLB. No, you were right. I I, I totally forgot. Yeah. Because in in Wizarding England, they tried to start a baseball league, but everyone tried to use their wands as bats and they just snapped in half. Yeah, that was just like a a money pit for all those wizards. Like they were like, this will work out. It was just a money ball. (laughs) A money ball. They had to, that was... Bad year for Wizards in baseball, good year for Ollivanders. All right, last last regular trivia question, then we'll, then we'll speed through some quotes. Michael Corner clanged like a solar system after being poisoned by this singer. Hmm. Man, there were actually a lot of singers in the Harry yeah. Potter universe, so picking one might take a minute here. Yeah, everybody thinks of Celestina Warbeck, but there are so many more. I think this was uh, when they were... At the Quidditch World Cup, it was the guy who sang, like, the Bulgarian national anthem. <laughs> it was Antony Syracuse. Yeah, it was. It was definitely um, him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he had against Michael Corner, but I guess something happened during the, when, when the, whole, the whole Durmstrang crew was there uh, during the Triwizard Tournament and poisoned the kid maybe he thought it was harry i don't know they always <laughs> that's what people are always saying to saying to harry uh you look like michael corner but you have your mother's eyes <laughs> well wasn't it canonical that before Ginny dated harry she dated michael corner i don't know if it was michael corner i think it was dean thomas oh uh, no we've had this debate before they describe michael corner as dark and one time i said who was the oh. dark kid she dated and you said dean <laughs> thomas and i was like whoa absolutely not <laughs> Yep. I will die on this Michael Corner. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the to the last round, which is going to be- I should note real quick from Michael Corner's <laughs> wiki page. That year, Michael also dated Ginny Weasley, and then way down in physical appearance, it's one line. It says, Michael was described as the dark one by Hermione Granger when talking <laughs> <Yeah>. to Ron. <laughs> what does that <laughs> mean, like Hermione? She refers to Michael as the dark one, <laughs> not does- Voldemort. <laughs> really good okay but anyway um, yeah i've i remember being embarrassed by that before but no michael corner <laughs> is the dark one that dated jenny <laughs> all right let's go on to the to the quotes round where um i am going to i'm gonna give you i'm gonna tell you a quote a direct quote from a definitely absolutely real direct quote from the books and you are going to tell me who said it but you're going to do that by plugging in the top 200 uh, mentioned characters that I snagged from Sporkle. You're going to plug those into a random picker and uh, give me an answer with each quote. You ready? Well, well, let me know when you got your random picker sorted. Yeah, I got it. All right. First quote. <laughs> you know, I think you must have misheard me when I said, woman, can you believe our luck? <laughs> I think that was a Quidditch thing that he yelled, and it was Marcus Flint that yelled it. <laughs> yeah, he yelled it on the broom to uh, someone in the crowd who he had just been having a conversation with right before getting on his broom. And, but yeah, it was it was right. Marcus Flint. Well, I'm already really excited for the next one on this list. <laughs> All right, well, next quote. I think I still want to draw a very happy Harry. Oh, this is a really adorable <laughs> quote now. This was the only spoken line from Mrs. Norris. 
when did she say this? When was she capable? At the very end of the war, she looks right into the camera, <laughs> says that, <laughs> the and then the camera. credits come on. Oh, wow. Wow. That is very nice. It's almost as if, it's almost as if she is like prophesizing some, uh, some strife in Harry's future and is like, I'm going to hang on to this moment. A very happy Harry. This is, this is always <laughs> the way I choose to see him. Not all the fights with Ginny, the falling out with Ron and Hermione, the, the disappointment in his children. I'm going to remember this. Yeah, when they eventually have a Julius Caesar moment and the entire ministry comes and stabs him. <laughs> Which, to be honest, they probably have a right to. All right. <laughs> Next quote. Of course I have a job. I'm not Romilda Vane. <laughs> wow, this was a really catty line about, you know, working in the summer and like who has yeah. money and who doesn't. This yeah. was a Ginny line. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so plausible. Like, right? It, that is really, really probable. <laughs> but like, also, wow, did any wizarding kids like have summer jobs? Did like anybody no, I, I work think Harry at, like, just like threw money at his friends and everyone like, else just the went the entirety poor. of his graduating class because I feel like none of them worked. Like you never like walk into a store in the like in the beginning of like before everybody goes back to school and then there's like you know their friend working there. It's all like it's either like no kids get jobs or all of the old fucking witches and wizards who really just should die by this point refuse to give up their jobs to the youth. Yo, that's some like real life like American job crisis <laughs> shit. I mean, yeah, it's possible. Um, uh, yeah, no, I feel like in the wizarding world, it's like the Slytherins have money. The Gryffindors probably also have money. <laughs> and the Hufflepuffs probably work in the summers, but we don't hear about it. Yeah. And the Ravenclaws, only... it's a mix. People are yeah. from a lot of different economic backgrounds. <laughs> exactly. Moments of magical law enforcement are more important than anything they say at Hogwarts. <laughs> this was Peter Pettigrew. Uh, giving himself up to the wizarding police. <laughs> you know, officer, I just always thought that what you do is way more important than anything you could learn at Hogwarts. My whole time here was worthless. And then he turned into a rat and ran away. <laughs> yep. What, here's your next quote. Well, I certainly do not want to be here when the Dark Lord wants a good Christmas present. This was in response to Ginny. That was Romilda Vane. <laughs> oh yeah, that was such a, that that was such an awkward moment when she said that thing about Romilda Vane not needing to work in the summer, and then she was right behind her. <laughs> wow, and that that conversation like almost ties together. Uh, yeah, almost. It doesn't quite <laughs> work. <laughs> I think Romilda was trying to say like, if the Dark Lord knows I have money, he's gonna come a calling. So like, yeah. I don't work in the summers, but also I don't have money. Yeah. yeah and after that they're all just looking at each other like she's such a weird lady like why is she like that <laughs> all right next quote <laughs> this ties so well into the canon that we established in the in the trivia part a bit of soul in Diagon Alley is going to be very exciting this is obviously <laughs> when James Brown <laughs> came down wow so like soul is of course like kind of back in the 60s, and this was said by former headmaster Armando Dippet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Armando Dippet, um, he was a 
canonical fan of Soul and a fan of James Brown. And I think that's probably how James Brown ended up in the in the wizarding world. It was kind of like an Al Capone kidnapping that uh, jazz musician kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Armando Dippet could pull some strings since he was headmaster. Like everyone thinks that, you know, Dumbledore was the rogue one. But like, where do you think he learned it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and they, they like they opened a jazz club <laughs> a jazz club in Diagon Alley for James Brown. He was like, I don't really do jazz, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, d- I didn't catch why that was funny until you said it. <laughs> All right, next quote. I- <laughs> I'm that highly gifted Merry Christmas child that you have been waiting for. Ronin, the, the centaur. Ronin, the centaur? Who the fuck? Ronin, I saw the name Ronan. I filled in that he's a centaur. I remember that. Really? Was he just yeah. like one of those like guys who didn't like people and was like mad at Ferenz for wanting to be in the people world? Yeah, I think he was one of the. I think he was kind of the primary mm-hmm. like fuck the human centaurs, if I remember centaurs. correctly. Right, right, right. <laughs> but he was also. It's a that- real mix of what I remember from this <laughs> and what I don't remember from this. He was also the highly gifted Merry Christmas child that all of the centaurs have been waiting for. Either he, that's either a very benevolent line, or that was like his misguided "fuck you" line when the, when uh, like when people found themselves in the Forbidden Forest and he would. Uh, step he's actually a good say, guy. Ronan was a centaur oh. who was distrustful of humans, though he tried to protect Harry Potter and Hermione Granger from other centaurs, pointing out oh. that they were just foals. Oh, it's pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> also, that merry merry Christmas child. Anyway, all right. Next quote. Three more. Birthday Harry has been stealing from the kitchens. <laughs> that sounds a lot like a house elf, but it's not. <laughs> this was the kitchens is probably a metaphor okay. because this was said in a shop by <laughs> Mr. Borgen. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember much about like Borgen or Burke, um, but I do remember. I didn't that. really know either of them ever appeared. Me neither. Uh, but I guess that yeah, Mr. Borgen was kind of like a an Igor-like character, and, and Mr. Burke was kind of the brains. <laughs> and, and when Harry showed up in Borgen and Burke's... Uh, Burke Bor- was the brains, Borgen <laughs> just like carried the wardrobe into the shop for him. Yeah, but for some reason, maybe just pity his name came first. Well, it just sounded better on the sign. True. Burke knew what he was doing. He was a businessman. All right. Next one. Show yourself, Hagrid. I can tell you are here by the looks of my flesh trap. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> wow. Flesh trap sounds dirty, but it's actually like a muscle thing, like your trap muscles. <laughs> and this was MMA fighter Gregory Goyle saying oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I love MMA fighter Gregory Goyle. That is the best story to come out of Harry Potter. Um, If you don't know what we're referring to, the the actor who Everyone knows. Just kidding. (laughs) Nobody knows what the fuck we're referring to. (laughs) The actor who who played Goyle in the movies went on to become like a serious MMA fighter. And that is like one of our favorite facts of the real true world, not our like fictional bullshit. And I'm pretty sure on Sturgis Podmore, we did like a whole Mad Libs episode telling the like the story of of MMA Goyle. And oh, uh, yes, we did. So yeah, that and that I'm pretty sure that was a direct quote from from that very 
canonical episode of yes. Sturgis Podmore. My my fleshy traps can feel you, Hagrid, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, and the last quote to tie this up. Ruddy teacher that Ludo Bagman is. He doesn't know Creature's voice from his own. It is appropriate that he was talking about a teacher, but he was wrong that Ludo Bagman's a teacher. This was Flitwick trying to put down who he thought was a staff member. It was Flitwick, you know, he is an old man, especially by 1994, by the time the Triwizard Tournament came to town and Ludo Bagman was hanging around the castle. He just saw an adult, assumed it was a teacher. He He figured it was probably just the new Defense Against the Dark Arts guy. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and I guess Ludo Bagman was also, he was going around trying to give people uh, people voice lessons, and famously, Flitwick actually runs the choir. This is really, this is actually works really well. Yeah, Ludo Bagman was trying to give students pointers, and Flitwick was not having it. Yeah, you can't encroach on his territory like that. I do love no. the idea that of all the teachers to stop showing up to staff meetings, it was Flitwick. Like, he seems like the one lock to show up to a staff meeting. <laughs> yeah, he's an old man. Actually, like, how old is he? Who knows? There's probably an answer. And plus, like, half goblin ages. Like, he can probably live to be, like, a billion. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, you aced that shit because in Botnik trivia, there are no wrong answers. Uh, That's a really good way of explaining what we do. <laughs> It is. There's no wrong answers and the points don't matter. So yeah, gonna gonna get back to my to my Harry Potter centric work this week. And um you know, last year you were able to to make it to the Queen City Mischief and Magic Festival, so um I'm gonna miss you at it this year. It was a lot of fun having you there and um cool. I'm gonna miss being there. I mean, I feel <laughs> like I am uniquely situated to still be way too into Harry Potter in the year twenty eighteen, so Almost said, aren't we all? But by that, I meant you and me. <laughs> aren't we both? <laughs> aren't we both? And of course, that game was written using Botnik keyboards. You can find content that they write and create. They, they're a um, open-for-all predictive text keyboard, and you can use it to... You can use any of their pre-existing keyboards, and you can also take any plain text file of your own, plug it in, and use your own corpus to create a, a predictive, te- predictive text keyboard. Yeah, they're doing a bunch of cool stuff, and you can you can find um, stuff that they make at botnik.org. And you can... If you want to contact us, <laughs> if you want to find me... No. No, don't find me at the Harry Potter <laughs> Festival. If you if you want to contact us, you can email us at robots at batcamp.org. You can find us on Twitter at Robot Typewriter. You can find us on Facebook if you just search Robots on Typewriters. And we live on a website called Batcamp, that is batcamp.org. And across social media, across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, that handle is at BatCampSite. And our theme song is Video Challenge by Anna Monaguchi. <laughs> And if you want to look for a new W-Rock band to check (laughs) out this weekend, I would suggest you listen to the new album from Punk Between the Desks. Punk Between the Desks is a good one. Don't ask why I'm checking my bank account like during the podcast, but I just saw that my bank records payments as payment received. Thank. 
Did I write it? <laughs> I think so.